there, and welcome to the Transparently Jordan podcast, where I'll be talking with a new guest each week, and we'll be covering topics in health, fitness, lifestyle, and so much more. So stick around, and let's get into today's episode. place you want to travel and the date like that you want to travel like Maui 2021 June something like that and so it's like specific it's exciting so every time you work and you deposit a check and you see that amount going up you're like I'm like a hundred dollars away from going to Maui like how awesome does that feel right what is going on everyone and welcome to another week and another episode now i hope you all had a wonderful christmas and a wonderful boxing day i had a lovely christmas it was a weird christmas for me i mean it was a weird christmas for everybody around the world i know a lot of you probably did not have a christmas or did not have a usual christmas because what is going on around the world For me, it was just a weird Christmas because it was warm out instead of snow on the floor and instead of cold like it normally is back in Canada. So this was my very first Australian Christmas or my very first Christmas in Australia where me and my friends, we went to the beach, we lay in the sand, um, we went back and we had a nice dinner, a normal dinner, like I just made vegan roast um, for everyone and then roasted veggies and whatnot. So that wasn't too um, different, but asking some Australians, they said, I guess, seafood is really big, I guess, in Australia for Christmas time. And, you know, back home, we had turkey every year or ham um, for Christmas Eve. Um which I guess some families do have that, they say, but seafood is supposedly supposed to be bigger here, which it's kind of weird because seafood isn't big for Christmas back in Canada. So yeah, it was just a weird Christmas. Like it just didn't feel right because again, waking up with sunshine and I could wear my shorts and t-shirt and all of that. It was just uh, very odd in that sense. Plus, you know, you don't have your normal routine, right? It was my very first Christmas where I didn't have the normal routine. I didn't wake up. I didn't um, open presents. I didn't go to my, I guess, family gathering in the afternoon. It was a little bit different in that sense. It was, you know, just me and my friends because I'm here in Australia alone. So That made it a little bit more odd as well, but I am quite fortunate and quite grateful that at least people here in South Australia could have a Christmas and I could have a Christmas with my friends because we did not have any number restrictions or anything like that. So we were allowed to gather and I was allowed to gather with my friends, which if I did not, um, if there was restrictions, then basically I would be having Christmas alone because I live basically alone. So that would suck. And I know there's so many people around the world that are in this scenario where they live alone and they can't leave their house or they're not allowed to gather in other person's house. So they had Christmas alone, which really is so, I don't know, it sucks. And I feel for all of you out there who have had to go through that and Let's just hope that we can all come together and it can be better next year. And 
we can look forward to Christmas next year, I hope, and I hope things get better. So that was my Christmas, and um, my favorite day, Boxing Day, the next day, went very well as well. I got everything that I wanted to get. I wanted to get a pair of headphones, which I'm wearing right now. Um, I got the Sennheiser um, noise canceling. I don't know like the number, whatever they are, but they're wireless Bluetooth headphones, um, noise canceling and all of that. And I just wanted them to kind of wear around the home, um, wear them for, of course, podcasting, which I am right now. Um, but also just music and movies and, um, again, yeah, wearing them at home and getting a little bit better sound. Um, I have the AirPod Pros, um, from Apple, of course, and they're amazing. They're great. But I think um, they're great kind of mobile headphones, like they're great for outdoors and for me to go out and about. But I've just noticed that at home, the sound quality, I feel like I wanted a little bit more. So that's why I went to the store and picked these up. First thing, I literally walked into the electronics store. There was people everywhere and there was workers everywhere. So I just you know, went right to the worker. I'm like, I want this and this. And he went and got it for me. And then I didn't even pay at the cash register. They had kind of like, they all had their own like iPad or whatever that you could pay for. So I just paid there and I was like in and out within 15 minutes. I was like, I am not here to deal with any of this crazy Boxing Day madness, which it was, especially in, you know, it being electronic store. Um, and I went to Mecca Maxima. I got some face moisturizer and um, some skincare products. I went to Sephora. Um, I needed some BB cream, so I got some of that as well as some concealer. But there, that was basically it. Oh, and I went to actually, so I went to Sephora and they didn't have any sales or anything. So I left without getting anything. And one brand that I really like back in North America is Elf. So Elf is, you know, one of those drugstore brands, but it is probably one of the best drugstore brands in the sense that everything is super, super cheap. Of course, you know, you can get foundation for like 10 bucks or I get BB cream. You can get BB cream for 10 bucks. But it's actually, it works. So everything, or I don't want to say everything, but most things from that brand work, which is great. And it's a little bit hard to come by here in Australia. I've thus far found a store that sells like their entire line. I can get some of the stuff from Target and then some of the stuff from Big W, but I can't really find everything and just go to one store for it all. So I decided to maybe check their website and they had 50% off their website, 50% off already cheap things. So BB cream, for example, is like $10. I got it for five bucks. So I bought like, I don't know, like five bottles. Um, because it was only five bucks. I got some concealer. I got some skincare products. So I got some like face oils and toner and uh, moisturizer just kind of for nighttime wear. Um, I don't really like to wear expensive stuff at nighttime. So I just kind of buy some like cheap, normal like moisturizer that just kind of has normal vitamins and minerals and whatnot. Um, 
to wear at nighttime because I also sometimes put on pimple cream, um, especially when I have breakouts. So yeah, that was my boxing day. I kind of got that kind of stuff. Um, it was pretty successful, I think. I ended up getting what I needed and I did not get anything that I think I didn't need if you know what I mean, like I didn't splurge on things that I didn't need. So um, that was successful because I am normally the type of person that just kind of anything that I see on sale, I'll buy um, anywhere I go. So I did actually get a couple t-shirts from Cotton On, but they were like five bucks and I need a new t-shirt. So yeah, um, it's interesting because, you know, it being the holidays and us spending so much money, it was actually the perfect, I guess, segue into this episode because this episode today is about money and finances and things that are so fundamental and so important that we deal with on an everyday basis. But not a lot of people have financial skills. Not a lot of people know how to handle their finances and not a lot of people have learned how to handle finances, what taxes are, what savings accounts there are, what anything is basically around the financial world and I am in that boat. I have no clue what the hell I am doing with my finances. I am so bad with it all. I just spend, 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 spend and don't really plan ahead a lot. But after I had this chat with this next guest, I have been starting, even though it's only been a week, I've been starting to kind of think about these things a little bit more and save my money a little bit more. I mean, with the exception of Boxing Day. <laughs> but, you know, it is a fundamental skill. Finances are a fundamental skill. And it is something that, like we mentioned in the episode, we do not learn in high school, at least in Canada. I did not learn in high school how to handle finances and kind of these practical skills. Instead, I learned calculus, which... I never freaking used again. I am in my master's degree right now and I have not used calculus to this day. So it's a shame that you don't learn practical things back in high school. You kind of just learn, I don't know, these generalized things that you need for when you're in college or university, but really you don't need all of it. It's yeah. Anyways, that is another tangent on its own, but Today we are talking about money and we are talking about being smarter with your money, how to invest your money, how to save your money, and just kind of the various options that there are out there for people to kind of help save and invest their money and help build your money. This episode is jam-packed and there's so much that we discuss in this episode, so many amazing things that we discuss in this episode. And I got a lot of great tips and tricks in this episode, so I hope you all get some great things as well. It's actually an episode that we covered so much, we actually also did not get the chance to cover a lot. So there will be a part two coming out in the future, kind of covering um, side hustles and things like that. But this episode is Again, just about the things that I mentioned before, and I really hope that you all enjoy it. All right, everybody. So I am sitting here with Catherine. How are you doing, Catherine? 
I'm doing well, Jordan. How are you? It's good to see you again. Thank you. You too. So Catherine and I know each other from back when I was in Vancouver and she was in Vancouver too, but we're both uh, on outside of Vancouver now. Um, so yeah, Catherine, do you mind maybe um, getting started by just telling us a little bit about yourself? I mean, I know a little bit about you, of course, but the listeners don't. So yeah. Sure. So I was born and raised in beautiful British Columbia, and now I'm living in Edmonton, Alberta with my husband. Uh, I guess by day you could say I work as a financial advisor with a company called Freedom 55 Financial, but I've really dove into the online finance uh, community, and it has been so neat to see everyone's creativity, their tips, their enthusiasm online and I was very honored and excited to be invited to join on your podcast today um, because I, honestly like yes I'm a financial advisor but I'm just really passionate about educating and helping people understand their finances because I think it's one of the things that I really really wish the education system at least in Canada and a lot of my friends in the states who are in the similar bubble agree that we would have taught young people right we should teach our youth about um, finances and so yeah when I went to school I was studying pre-med whatever that is and thinking I was going to go into that route and I uh, decided to do you know I was doing all the organic chem and all that and I was sitting in a microbiology biochem class and I was just scratching my head like why am I learning about this super <laughs> detail about like the tiniest microorganism like I don't care like what is this going to do for my life yeah. <laughs> so so like any college student in their third year who's going through their undergrad crisis i was like i'm going to minor in business <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I took a few business classes. I was like that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I took my first personal finance class and that blew my mind. And I was like, why aren't we teaching teenagers this? Why isn't this accessible when you're 16 and you get your first part-time job? This is life-changing stuff. And I'm paying to go to Douglas College in New Westminster <laughs> yeah. to learn this. And not everyone is going to pay money to learn this. And yet it's something that's accessible for all of us and we have the right to it. We just may not have the tools or the knowledge to implement or put it into practice. And so I think that was when the light switched for me. And then I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to swap my organic chem credits for electives and switch to finance. So I completed my degree in finance. I got a job in the industry and I started learning more like practically how to do these things and just telling everyone about it. Yeah. And now I'm hopefully using my social media platforms to expand that market. So it's not just one woman's power, but now we can share and get that information out there as fast as possible to people. Wow. Okay. I'm so excited you brought that up, especially like the education part, because I agree so much with that. When I was, I remember when I was in high school and whatnot, learned absolutely nothing about taxes or investments or like savings accounts and all of this. And my parents, like from the from the day like we were little, we got like a savings and checkings account, right? Just to put like our Christmas money in and this and mm -hmm. that. But I had no clue what the hell any of that meant. Mm -hmm. And 
I still sometimes like I'm 25 years old and I spend like crazy. I don't know anything financially. My mom still does my taxes because I'm like, I don't know. I, I just want you to do it. Like, because you don't learn that stuff. And like you were saying, you had to pay money and you know, when you were going to college to learn this stuff. And I took a couple business introductory courses. So I didn't really learn that side of things, which mm -hmm. I wish I should have. But yeah, that's a super interesting point that we don't learn it in high school, the, the places that we should, you know, for free, because these are fundamental skills, I think, you know, yeah, these are skills that you have to do in life. And you're in school or you're in high school learning like algebra and trigonometry and this and that. Which, I know. And what the heck am I doing with the Pythagorean yeah, theorem? Nothing. I know. I know. I don't even like, I think I had to take like a couple math courses in college, but like it started from square run one again. So I didn't even use my high school math. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like I have not used calculus at all. And I work in finance. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, okay, if if we had the ability, and we do, we just don't do it, to teach a teenager who's getting their first part-time job the power of saving and compound interest and just putting that money aside, imagine on graduation day when they can pay for their first car in cash because mm -hmm. of discipline and good habits yeah. and they did it themselves. Like we're teaching delayed gratification. We're teaching so many good skills that are applicable to the real world, to getting your job and telling your boss things that you've accomplished at such a young age. Like I think it's so there's so much value in financial literacy and we are sleeping on it. And I don't get why. Like I wish when I was 16 they taught you how to save for your first car because I think that would be very motivating for a 16-year-old mm -hmm. getting yeah. their learners, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It would be like instead of, you know, and nowadays with everything so accessible online and stuff, people are just spending, spending, spending on this and that. So it's getting harder and harder for teenagers to save. Um, but I'm so excited. So I, the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast, of course, was to learn all about this, but also to target it a little bit more on the younger generation, of course. So young adults and um, like you were saying, the 16-year-olds and whatnot, because that's the majority of the listener base. So of course, we're going to target to all of you guys listening right now. Um, and I mean, selfishly for myself, because like I said, I don't know any of this stuff. So that's the reason why I would like to have people like you on <laughs> to, to talk to us about it. So when people, I think maybe let's start off it um, with young people. So when they are kind of, I guess, getting their first job, or maybe they're even in their 20s, like myself, 20s, 25-ish, um, what are some things that people need to be start? I guess, thinking about when they're younger and when they're working. Yeah, sorry about all that noise. Oh, no worries. <laughs> um, no, that's a great question. And honestly, some of the things that I wish that we taught earlier on and that I fully intend to teach our future kids is good habits, good skills. I mean, we both knew each other because we went to the same gym. You worked there, you were a trainer. And I often talk and relate my job like a financial coach equivalent, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So 
you can't get strong and buff and have the ability to do these exercises unless you put in the work. You put in the repetition, you practice, and that's how you grow the muscle. So what I would like young people to know and to put into practice, especially as you're getting your first job or your, you know, your big boy job or whatever people yeah. call it, you know, <laughs> the first paycheck that they're cashing in is training our savings muscle mm. so that we're learning to set aside a portion of all of our earnings so that we're paying ourselves first. Right. And this again goes back to delayed gratification and it is setting it like a bill or a payment to yourself. And so that as your income grows, as you get a promotion or you move to another company, you already have the good habit and practice of saving 10% of your paycheck or whatever your number is. So the bigger the paycheck gets, the more you're saving and it doesn't hurt or feel awkward or uncomfortable because you're used to it at this point. Mm. Um, very much like when you're going up in weight, trying to hit your PRs, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... What is delayed gratification? Because that's a term that you've brought up a few times and people out there may not know what that is. So what is delayed gratification exactly? Yeah, so I guess I pulled this probably from like a psych 101 course, but um, have you been seeing this uh, trend that's going on on Instagram? Like people are recording their toddlers with their favorite treat or candy in front of them and uh-huh. telling them to wait until yep. they come back from the bathroom, then you can eat it. Yep, and dogs, so, yep. Yeah, yeah, and dogs oh, and husbands or yep. whatever. <laughs> um, but what I you know, that really reminds me of the marshmallow challenge, which Mm. is the study in psych about delayed gratification. And so you're teaching young people that you can have the marshmallow now, the one sitting right in front of your face, but if you wait five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, I will come back and give you a second one. So Mm. if you are willing to wait and be patient, not do anything, you will have two it will right. double. Yeah. If you were just, or you can eat the marshmallow now and then it'll be gone and you won't get the second one, but you're welcome to do that too. Yeah. And so, like, I think the, you know, oh my gosh, I should really look up, pull up the study <laughs> before I talk about it. But that really stuck out to me. Yeah. And that's kind of how I think about investing and saving. Right. We're putting aside money now, 10% of my paycheck. Let's continue with that example. And I have to live off of 90% of my income. Mm. So I don't use the 10%. But if I invest that and I keep investing that every paycheck I get year over year, in 5, 10, 20 years, that's going to grow to be much more than just 10% of the original amount I invested. Mm. If that can double when I'm ready to retire, that is golden. And so it really is about waiting so that you can get something better down the road. Right. Okay. And is that Mm. that concept of like pay yourself first, that term? I hear it all the time, right? You put 10% away, for example, like you just mentioned, and then you're living on the 90%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, and it can look different for everyone, right? Like delayed gratification can even be like, for example, Chris and I were on a fitness and nutrition program and he has a goal for himself to mm. lose, say, let's say 10 pounds. Right. And if he's able to do that and keep it off for a month, he's going to reward himself with a new watch that he's mm. been eyeing and he's wanted for a long time. But instead of just buying it, now he's kind of made it into a game for himself. 
right? right? And so when we talk about finances, it's like if I want to retire at age 40 with a million dollars, well, now I have a timeline, I have a number. And right. so I can do the reverse engineering to say, then that means I need to save, let's say like $500 a month and invest right. that. Yeah. Uh, and then when I'm 40, I'm good to go. But that's hard to think as a 25 year old because yeah. that's a long ways away still. But if you can wrap your mind around it and break it into um, manageable bite sized pieces mm-hmm. and translate it into action now, there's more likely that you're going to stick to it and you're going to reach that goal because now you've actually set it up to a monthly goal or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think that's important too. Like goal setting in any sense, like of course in any sense it's a helpful and it's necessary, but especially in, I guess, investments and especially in finances, it's probably going to be super important and super helpful for you to kind of set, I guess, what you want um, out of your finances. So I really like that point. And I think it's also kind of I mean, like you were just mentioning, it's hard for a 25-year-old to like think that far ahead. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm 25 now and I'm like, oh my God, I'm closer to 30 than I am to 20s <laughs> now. So like things are coming up pretty fast. So yeah. these kind of things are starting to like come up in my head and and I'm sure there are other people out there. Whereas like five years ago when I was 20 years old, this would be the last thing on my mind. So um, it's hard to think about it, but I guess it is important. So I guess I'm interested now in learning a little bit more on investments and how you can invest that money. So you're saying that you're saving that, let's say 10% um, every paycheck or whatever um, in the hopes that you double it later on. Um, But what are some easy ways or some smart ways, I should say maybe, that young people can start thinking about investments. Because I think investment to me is such a scary term. Um, So what is an investment and how can people maybe go about it? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I just want to say you're not alone. Yeah. (laughs) And second of all, I agree. Like the media and society has made investments to seem like such this daunting thing because they wanted people and I don't know you know I don't know if you're into conspiracy theories and I'm not really but the more I'm in finance and the more I'm surrounded by people who are passionate about it and trying to educate the masses the more I realize that there are these like invisible voices in our head that tell us like you're not smart enough to invest like you don't actually know what you're doing leave it to the professionals you know just just save your money and there's like why do we have these voices in our head telling us that it's too complicated? It's too hard. I don't have the time to figure it out right now. I will eventually. And we just keep putting it aside. And like, I want to break through that barrier because investments is just a fancy way of saying that you're saving, but you're putting it into something to grow it. Like if you bought a book for two bucks and you're able to sell it for five, you made $3 and you were able to turn that into more money. Like people get that concept. But when we say something like buy some stocks and hold it for a long term, and when you sell it later at a higher price, now you, you made, you did a good investment. You had, you, you bought a good investment and we put these labels to make it more complicated than it really has to be. Um, so yeah, I just, I just want to say that first. You're yeah. not alone. Mm-hmm. And like 
all these things try to make it more difficult, just like so many things that they say, you know, it requires a professional to help you and all this nonsense. And I'm like, no, everyone can do this and we all should do this. Um, So then my second thing is that I would want to urge all of us to really learn about the different types of investment accounts that are accessible to us. And more importantly, especially for this age demographic, when we're talking about like 18 to mid 20s, even to mid 30s, I would say, a lot of us um, would benefit from investing within a tax-free savings account. Okay. I don't know. Have you heard of that? Do you I have, have one? yes. I don't have one here in Australia, but um, out in Canada, yes, I do. Awesome. Yeah. And so the other thing I, I do want to just say, like, uh, yeah, we're talking about Canadian finances here in the U.S. It's called like 401ks or mm. Roth IRA is kind of the equivalent of a tax-free right. savings account. I do want to give Canada that kudos that at least the name of our accounts kind of make sense and tell you what it is (laughs) like a registered retirement savings plan is where you put your savings funds for retirement and it's a registered account Account. (laughs) (laughs) and the tax-free savings account is also a registered account but it works really nicely and it's more flexible for young adults to use because we're going through we typically would be seeing young adults going through more milestones in their life like buying their first car, putting a down payment on their first home, or getting married and paying for a wedding. And these are big costs. And it would be nice if we could save money and invest it and be able to see it grow and take out those earnings without being taxed on it again which is what the TFSA does for you. And you can use it more in a flexible way for your life as these different things come up. Okay. So, so yeah, it's really important to understand what type of account you're using. And I strongly recommend to use the registered ones first because they often provide a tax shelter. So that just means that your investments are protected and they're not going to be taxed while they're sitting in that vehicle. Okay. I didn't know any of that. I have it, but just because my mom's like, get one. So I'm like, okay, I'll get one. Like I had no idea what the heck a a tax-free saving account was. Well, I, I'm glad that your mom did that and that you have one. And um, the only thing that you need to be eligible is like for Canada anyways, is you need to be 18 Mm -hmm. and you need to be a Canadian citizen yeah. And that, or like a PR, if you have a SIN number, you're working here, you're eligible for one basically. Right. So you don't have to, it's not like the registered retirement savings plan where you have to have like a T4 where you've earned income in Canada in order to have room. TFSA is for anyone that has a SIN number working, um, living in Canada and over 18. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And you can you can double quadruple times 10 your money and the government doesn't get to tax you on the earnings. Right. That's always nice. There's nothing yeah. worse than like seeing a paycheck and then half of it going to taxes or whatever. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, where's all my money going? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like those are the big things that I would want people to be aware of. Cause I think we get lost in the details of like, oh my gosh, what, what stock do I pick? And I'm yeah. like, honey, 
back up first, yeah. <laughs> use a tax-free savings account yeah. or your yeah. RSP, registered mm-hmm. retirement savings fund. Or if you are going to do like a brokerage account and do a non-reg, make sure the first two are maxed out first. And then after you know what account you're doing it in, then you need to know how much you're investing. That's where paying yourself first comes in handy. And then after that, then we'll talk about picking stocks um, or a portfolio or whatever. But that is not the part that you should be thinking about first. We want the big picture stuff. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what makes investing sound so scary because when I think of investing, yeah, I think of, oh, let's buy stocks in this company and see where it takes you. And you're risking this and that where it's like, no, well, you can maybe like, start investing yes smaller and and like you were saying this tax-free saving account for example and then go a little bit bigger and i think of it now a little bit like you know we we all have our passions or whatnot and we seem to like to invest in that so for me for example health and fitness i invest all the time in health and fitness but like i start a little bit lower and i start in things that are not necessarily easier accessible, but a little bit more smarter. And then I go for the bigger picture. And I'm sure financially it's the same way. Like you invest in other things that you're passionate about. So why not invest in finances? Because this is like a fundamental thing and it's something that you're going to have to deal with for your entire life. So those were, yeah, those were some awesome points there. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I guess I just wanted to also add, like, because uh, you were reminding me. Yeah. Before we even talk about investments with any of my clients, I always make sure that they have an emergency fund. Mm. Have you heard of this term? No. You, oh, no. actually, I think I have. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. So an. Emergency fund if and like anyone who's in the personal finance community or who's following these things like this is just like all the stuff repeated But again for your listeners those who maybe aren't in this world I'm happy to share that we always talk about um, The importance of an emergency fund before anything else and what it is is basically in the case of an emergency do you have funds set aside to pay three to six months worth of your expenses? Um, And the reason why we have that number is that most of the time, for those of us lucky enough to have disability insurance or any sort of long-term, short-term insurance through work, is that usually those payments don't kick in for, you guessed it, three to six months. So so that's why we tell everyone it's kind of like your own insurance. You're saving up enough to make sure you can pay rent, you can buy groceries, you can pay for your transit pass or your car, whatever the necessities are to keep that roof over your head, the clothes on your back and food in your belly. We need at least that bare minimum saved for at least three months. Now, We're all going through a global pandemic that has lasted (laughs) way longer than three months, way longer than six months. We're coming up to, you know, month nine or something, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs or people that have become injured at work and aren't able to return. Um, And it's really sad and unfortunate to say and to know, but like, that's why we stress the importance of having an emergency fund before you throw your money into the stock market or investments, because then you have to liquidate all of your investments to pay for 
for those needs. Um, or like if your car breaks down and you need to pay a thousand dollars to fix it, cause we know it's not cheap. Like that's what the emergency fund is for. And so when you have that, then we start going into investments afterwards. Right. Okay. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. So is this emergency fund like separate from your savings, for example, or is that like just general savings? I, my rule of thumb and what I always tell my clients is it's kind of like the cookie jar, right? Mm, You want to hide it out of sight, out of mind, so you're not tempted to reach into the cookie jar. And so um, my pro tip is open a free online bank account. In Canada, like my favorites right now are Tangerine Bank and Equitable Bank. They're online, they're free. They have high interest or high yield saving accounts. And you, I don't know right now who you're banking with, but typically what we see in a bank savings account is like 0.1% of interest earned or, or like 0.3% interest yeah, earned. Yeah, I'm with lucky. BMO and I think it's like that for most of them, yeah. <laughs> and so like, I don't know, your deposit's probably like less than a dollar yeah. um, each, <laughs> each month or month. year or yeah. whenever they pay you. Yeah. Uh, but these online banks, they don't have brick and mortar. They don't have to pay for staff that are like on the floor in person, customer reps. It's all online. So they pass that savings on to the consumer. So you as the client or consumer, you get to have at least 1% of interest. That's a hundred times more than what you're getting at a regular big bank. And that's what I tell my clients to do is open up a free online bank account, put your emergency fund in there, make sure it's in a high interest or high yield savings account. And so if you have, you know, say every month you need 2000 bucks, so they save 6,000. So that's two times three months, 6,000 into their online bank account. And now at least every month they're getting one to 2% interest on all of those accounts. Don't quote me on the interest rates because they're changing mm-hmm. like nobody's yeah, business because sure. of yeah. COVID. <laughs> but at the beginning of COVID, I was getting 2.5% interest on my EQ high interest savings accounts, which is nice. And now it's down to like 1.5 because they keep reducing it. But I will take the 1.5 mm-hmm. of free money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Over the like yeah. 0.1%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I do. We put it in a separate account and it's out of sight, out of mind. It's not linked into your everyday checking and banking. So you don't see a fat pile of money in your account all the time and be tempted to dip in when there's a sale or a deal or uh, an event opportunity that you want now to Now you're speaking to. what I do. Yep. <laughs> but that's what happens, right? Yeah. Like if it's just right there, it's very easy to just kind of reach and take yeah. from yourself. Yeah. I like that concept too. So like these online banks, are you saying, for example, um, would you recommend having like a separate, I guess, account at one of these online banks versus having all of your accounts on, like I'm with BMO, for example. So instead of having all of my accounts with BMO, are you saying maybe have a separate account at an online bank? Um, Because if you have one of these online saving accounts, you can't like use your card, right? Or can you? 
It depends on which one. Like okay. with Tangerine Bank, like they have debit cards and stuff, but it depends on the client. It depends on you, right? You know you best. If you know that if you have a debit card and it's attached to your emergency fund and you'll have no problem using it if there was an opportunity that looked enticing enough, then do yourself a favor and open an account that is not linked to a debit card that you can't access, that you have to actually go wire out, move to your checking, wait a business day or two, and then use it, then it takes a few steps. And it really is like those little things that you're doing to help yourself. If you're someone that has really good self-control and like, you know, okay, I just want to use one free online bank. Tangerine is great. I, I know this sounds like an ad, but I'm just like, I really like that they have the online platform. You can make multiple savings like goals for yourself on their webpage and they will funnel your money for you. Like I have money rules for my paycheck. Every time I get paid into my Tangerine account, it's smart enough to recognize it's a paycheck and it automatically sets aside 30% to pay taxes and 10% into my savings. And the rest goes to my business expenses and whatnot. And so you can do that for yourself too. And if you're okay to see it as a list in front of you and you won't touch emergency fund because it says emergency fund, then do that way. But if you need to set a few barriers for yourself, there's ways for us to set it up for uh, ourselves online to help protect us against ourselves. <laughs> right, right. And I think, yeah, I like that point. Because I was just going to say, I mean, I don't know anything about money, but like, I know about spending. So I know, like, for me, that would be a good, a good thing to have that separate account, I think, away from my normal bank, and then just not get the card. Because if I have it, I will spend it on anything and everything. So yeah, that's a super good point there. And I like that whole, I mean, these online banks nowadays, I think they're so, they're so interesting where you can do things like that, where you can send like automated, like, oh, it, it deposits into this and this, and it does that and that. I know here yeah. in Australia, my bank, like, I'm in one of the big banks, like the major banks here, but like they recommend from day one, they're like, download the app because everything is done on the app. And you can, anytime any money goes in my account, you can set goals for yourself. You set, okay, I want this much and that, this much and this. And I know like at BMO, I can't do that. So I think that's, that's kind of cool that banks are starting to do that um, here in Australia. I mean, apparently they've always done that. So that's uh, cool there, but yeah, I, I love that. And like, I would urge you to play around with it and use that app to its full capabilities. Um, one of the fun things that is just another little thing that I do that I tell my clients is to give your savings account really fun names that motivate you and excite you. So like if you want a vacation fund, like put the name of the place you want to travel and the date like that you want to travel travel like Maui 2021 June something like that and so it's like specific it's exciting so every time you work and you deposit a check and you see that amount going up you're like I'm like a hundred dollars away from going to Maui like how awesome does that feel right um, or whatever your thing is if you're looking to buy some more fitness gear or 
longing for the day that we can go to California again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know that yeah. is mine. That is for sure. Mine. Yeah. And like add emojis. You can yeah. add emojis oh, to them too. Okay. And I know it just sounds so silly. It's like, why, why is this financial advisor telling me to add emojis to my accounts? Yeah. The thing that brings you joy, the thing that makes you happy, you're more likely to come back to it. If it makes you stressed out and miserable and anxious, you're not going to commit to it. You're not going to do it. So how do we make finances fun? It's we have a tangible goal in mind and it excites us. Like we truly want to achieve this goal and we'll do almost anything to get there. So make it fun. Do it in a way that works for your life. Yeah. And I think that's a good, like, that's a good tip because I think it's good motivation. I know for me, like if I had an account that said California 2021, or that said like the places that I want to go, like next year I'm traveling a lot um, because I get a lot of breaks with school. So, I mean, hopefully knock on wood, hopefully uh, (laughs) things are uh, okay. But um, yeah, that's a good incentive. Um, I didn't know that you could put emojis. So I'm going to try that (laughs) later on. Um, Yeah. I mean, different accounts will let you do different things, but check it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but now I want to get into um, the tips and the tricks because mm-hmm. we've gotten into a lot of it already, which is awesome. But maybe getting into um, learning where like our money goes. So if you're out there and you're like me and you have no freaking clue sometimes what you're spending your money on, like I sometimes grab a coffee in the morning and like coffees here in Australia are expensive because we don't have normal like drip coffee like we do in BC. So everything's espresso this, espresso that. So flat white. Yeah, exactly. So having like spending four or five dollars a day on a coffee adds up. Um, as well as, you know, maybe you're going shopping or maybe you're going out for lunch or this or that. Like it's hard to, I think, sometimes keep track of your spending and um learn kind of where your money goes. So what are some maybe easy tips that you recommend for people to start maybe being a little bit more wise and learning where their money is going? For sure. Uh, That's a great, great question. I I think we should call this part of the podcast saving tips for young adults. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you, you nailed it right on the head. The biggest thing, and, and this is like, again, like financial studies 101 or finances 101, whatever you want to call it, tracking your expenses is the very, very most basic thing to start with. And that is the thing, no matter if the client in front of me makes 20,000 a year or 200,000 a year, I always start with the budget. And the reason being is because I also start with the emergency fund, ask them if they have one. And the only way to do that is to calculate what are your monthly expenses? Because we need to know how much do you need for rent, for groceries, for the car, for the kids, for clothes, whatever, all the basic needs. We need that number so that we can start creating a goal off of that. And so there are so many ways to do it. If you're an old school person that likes pen to paper, that works. And honestly, you will notice that the more you have to actively record every time you spend your money, that already is going to trigger you and prime your mind to be more mindful and conscious of your spending. 
do I really want to go buy that right now? Because then I'm going to have to record that later. Maybe I'll just wait because I, I have food at home or I have a French press at home or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when I start tracking my macros, all of right. a sudden I'm way more mindful of what yeah. I eat because I'm aware of it now mm-hmm. instead of mindlessly stuff in my face. <laughs> yeah. And I'm lazy. So that would just be one more thing I would have to do. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah. And so for the people that are like, man, paper and writing it down too much work, you can go Excel spreadsheet, Google Sheets and track it that way. If you're nerdy into making your own templates, you can. There's so many free templates you can download online too. And um, beyond that, like the next level up would be using an app. So there's a bunch of applications that are free that you can actually link to your banking institution oh. for the most part in most yeah. parts of the world. And it will automatically download your transactions from your bank account. And all you have to do is categorize them. And that's like a game for yourself. What are your big important buckets that you spend money on? Like it could be like fashion and food and fun or whatever. And you just drag and drop your expenses into those categories so you can see where your money goes. Um, Like a free app, uh, I'll just put in the plug because I I think a lot of people like it and use it is Mint. Okay. So you can use that one. Um, Or the one that I use, it's a paid application, is YNAB, which is an acronym for You Need a Budget. Uh, This is just one that Chris and I have used for many years. Uh, It's helped us to really learn to pay ourselves first, to live below our means, and to invest and save regularly, um, as well as paying down debts and all of these things things. And so we keep paying to support them because we think it's a good company and they have a lot of support online too, like YouTube videos, online chat, whenever you need, and they are updating it as well. So that's just what I use. You can choose to go any which way, but the biggest thing is, like you said, just look at your statements and see where your money is going and be aware of it, mindful of it. Right. Okay. All right. And you brought up something that I wanted to get into and I'm glad you did because I forgot about it was budgets. I think budgets are a super important thing. And it's something that ever since I moved to Australia and I started studying full time, it's something that I think I've been trying to do more and more and I've needed to do, you know, for especially throughout COVID. And I think a lot of people are probably starting to budget, but are there any budget tips that you um, that you can give to people out there or anything that people need to be maybe thinking about when they're trying to start a budget? Because that's another thing I think, you know, I didn't learn when I was in high school or whatnot. And you kind of know, always know the concept of what budgeting is, but you don't ever know essentially like how to budget or what you need to budget for or the things that you put in your budget. So is there anything... Um, maybe people need to think about when they're trying to plan or start budgeting? Yeah. So simply put, um, a budget is basically what your income is that you make each month and you subtract all of your monthly expenses and you just see what the number is at the end of it. And so hopefully that number is a positive one, meaning that you make more than you spend every month. But oftentimes, and actually in Canada, more often than not, it's a negative number. Um, And people are like, wait, how, Catherine? Because like, if you only make $100, how can someone spend $200? Well, credit cards and lines of credit. And 
banks give this out very freely and easily. Um, I don't know if this happened to you, but when I was, you know, 18, just starting college, one of the first things that was greeting me when I entered the doors was a credit card salesman. And any department store you go into, they will try to sell you their credit card too. It is so easy to get access to credit and it is so easy to get into debt because of this. And they they only tell you like, you just have to pay $10 a month, the minimum payment, and you can have $2,000 every month to spend. And what 18-year-old understands that they're going to get charged interest on this? They don't. They are not, like we have reviewed at the beginning of this show, they do, were not taught about this in high school. Yeah. So they just hear, I get $2,000 on this plastic yeah. card with my name on it. It's yeah. magic. <laughs> I only have to pay $10 a month. And now I can shop online. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's super dangerous. Um, And I, I totally got lost on a tangent there because I really don't like credit card companies, how they pray, how they prey (laughs) on young young. people Um, or they just prey on people that are marginalized or who don't have the cash flow, so they need to rely on credit cards just so they can feed their family. Like it's really heartbreaking, right? Kind of these stories that we hear people in financial hardship because they weren't afforded or they were prevented from learning about finances so that they could get in control of their situation. Um, and and it's just the cycle of poverty that never ends. It's you're in this endless cycle of debt. Right. And so that's why budgeting is important so that we can see what our basic costs are for our needs. And, you know, if you want to just make budgeting really simple, you can just split it into two categories, your wants and your needs. So that you can see like bare bones, what do I need to make or earn in order to pay for my basic needs for myself, for my family, whoever it is. And then what are all the bonuses or what are the things that are would be nice if I had the income for, but I can hold off or wait until either A, I earn more money or B, I'm waiting for a bonus or something like that, right? And so like that really helps us to just kind of get in our mind first, like what are the necessities so that we need to make sure we make enough money to pay for that. Um, and then, and then if we make more or we we have room in our budget, then we can spend on the other things. Right. Okay. Now, people like myself who like to treat themselves all the time, um, <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who come and see you and have this problem. I like to treat myself and I like to go for coffee every day, or I like to do this or that. Um, Myself, I like to travel a lot. So I like to save my money, travel, and kind of spend my savings on that travel. So for people like me, it's kind of hard, I think, sometimes to imagine myself, I guess, having a large savings, for example, because you're spending it all on traveling. So you know, you save up all this money and then you're like, okay, I have the saving account that has Maui 2021 on it. And that's just for Maui 2021. But once that's done, that savings is going to go back to zero or maybe I'll have some money in it. But for people out there who may be in that situation, what are what's some advice that you give to those people? How can people maybe start thinking about savings, but also have goals of, you know, traveling or 
doing the things that they like still. Cause I think it's hard, I think, to maybe think of it all at once. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. No, I love that. And I, I'm going to venture ahead and I know we're yeah. into the podcast and I, I do want to try introducing another yeah, yeah, term for sure. or topic. Um, so hopefully it lands well. But have you heard of a thing called sinking funds? No, I haven't. No. So um, have you heard of the term sunk cost? No. Maybe, okay. Maybe that's why I'm so bad with my money. <laughs> no. So, so the reason why I bring it up is because yeah. um, it's kind of like a method or a way of handling and dealing with your money, so that you don't feel guilty when you spend all of your vacation fund. Because the point of it is you wanted to save two thousand dollars so you could go on your trip, so you can spend the full two thousand right. because that was its purpose. Right. That was the job. You gave the dollars already, Uh right? And so then what we do is if you have multiple goals, which is amazing, and we all do, we're complex human beings, we're social creatures, we have needs, we have wants, like hopefully you have more than just one goal in your life, right? And going to California is not the end all be all. And so you probably have other things like there's probably fitness gear that you have your eye on that trip you want to go to. And maybe you want to come back to BC to see some friends and family yeah. or, or if you're ever in Edmonton to come visit us, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, you can have four, five, 10, a hundred savings goals mm-hmm. and you just label them all and you see maybe a hundred is a bit much. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll reel it in. (laughs) But like, even if you have five big savings goals, like a retirement fund, a travel fund, um, a generosity, like we have one we call a generosity fund. And that is so that we can give back to, you know, friends are doing a fundraiser or something online. Uh, One of our rule of thumb is if someone's putting themselves up out there and they're asking their friends and family to support a cause they really believe in, we have a fund ready for that so that we can donate to these causes, right? And so whatever your heart desires, there's no limit on how many sinking funds you can create. And you just deposit money regularly into all of them so that when the need comes, when the expense comes, the money's sitting pretty waiting for you to spend it and you don't have to feel guilty at all. So so that's how I would do it. And that's that's the mentality that you want to think too, so that it's healthier and better for us because we're rewarding ourselves because of hard work and not feeling guilty for draining the account. Right. Yeah. And I think it, yeah, it probably, like I was saying before, it, it does get like you can feel guilty, I think, if you're spending all of that money. But that's good to know that, you know, as long as you're, I guess, planning that, okay, I am going to be spending this money and you have that, I guess, that goal, then yeah, you shouldn't feel guilty. It's like, uh, it's like when Christmas is coming up, you know, like, I'm going to eat everything and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Yeah. Like, so the way that we have thought about it too, um, is that we, we still make regular monthly debt payments. We're fully funding our retirement accounts, our tax-free savings account, but we also have a very generous vacation fund and generosity fund. And so like, those are kind of our big buckets that we do. And so that we 
Uh, and we also dine out and eat a lot, like because yeah. I love food. I'm yeah. a foodie. <laughs> I like cooking. I like eating. I like mm. exploring and supporting the local restaurant right. around us too. And so when we go out, I don't feel guilty spending money on a meal or a fancy cocktail because I know every month I'm still putting money into mm-hmm. my retirement fund, into my travel fund, into right. my tax-free savings account. And so you can do that too. You're like, I already paid my future self for retirement, yeah. so I'm going to spend today's money for my vacation. Right. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about future self because retirement fund, that's another thing that, you know, a young 20 year old is probably, it's the last thing on their head, (laughs) putting money for the retirement, but it's, it's an important thing. And I know, like we were saying earlier in the episode, you can get retirement accounts and things like that. So maybe do you mind getting into the concept of retirement funds, what it is, maybe, speaking a little bit to an account or two that are that is out there and accessible for people yeah so in canada like one of the biggest ones would be the registered retirement savings plan or you'll hear abbreviated as rrsp or just rsp for short so That is just an account that the government created um, a while ago to incentivize Canadians to save for retirement because guess what? Old age pension and Canadian pension plan is not enough. It's not going to cut it. (laughs) Um, It's hardly going to pay to maintain people's um, standard of living, especially in today's day and age. I mean, even just looking at our phone bills alone. Yeah, I know. It's It's Canadian phone bills are like, that's one thing that I didn't really take into consideration when I moved here, because here in Australia, phone plans are significantly cheaper and 10 times better what's included. Um, And I was like, holy crap, I'm paying like less than half of what I was paying in Canada. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And so imagine if that's the case, like how much more to you know, continue paying for a place to live and you're retired, you're not working anymore. So there's no income coming. So how are you going to live off of like 1800 bucks a month when you're used to living off of, you know, whatever your salary was before you retired? So um, yeah, the government uh, created this and incentivized it by saying there's a taxable benefit to Canadians who contribute to their RSP. And that taxable benefit is that you can actually reduce your taxable income for the year that you contribute the amount. So um, every year it's either 18% of your earned income, you can reduce it by, or a maximum dollar amount. And oh my gosh, I should look up these numbers, but I think it's like 26, 27,000. Right, okay. Yeah, that, and that's good because I like specifics too. So I'm glad you're looking it up. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so it's usually 18% of your earned income for that year or up to (laughs) $27,830 for 2020. And honestly, like I just looked it up and you can look it up easily online. What is the RSP contribution limit for your year? And the good thing is, is your contribution limit rolls over every year, meaning that if you don't have $27,000 hanging around or 18% of your paycheck, you needed to use all of it because COVID was a rough year, you can always contribute it the following year or the year after or the year after. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's good to know because 
like I was saying before, that's something that, yeah, probably people are not thinking about, but it's something that we should because, yeah, I didn't know, like, let's say it's $1,800 a month. That's not, that's not a, for a pension plan, not a lot that people uh, can live on, especially in, if you're living in Vancouver or Toronto, like things are, things are expensive. Yeah, exactly. So that's a, that's very good to know. But Catherine, do you maybe um, mind getting into um, your business and what people can come see you for, um, what people are maybe general things that people come and see you for and what you can kind of help them with? Yeah. um, So I am a fully licensed financial advisor. I do all things from insurance planning to investment planning for my clients. And what I like to do is create a full financial plan. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I will tackle everything with you and hold your hand, walk alongside you from getting that initial budget, especially if you've never done it before, or maybe you have, I'll help you to optimize it and make it better. And then we will fully fund your emergency fund. Then we'll start making sure that we have the right insurances set in place. Like, especially if you have dependents, then we'll set up life insurance or critical illness, disability insurance. Cause so many of us, I don't know if you know this, but you know, we get injured at work and it's usually for a long period of time. And so it's helpful to know that I have an emergency fund if I get injured and there's going to be a paycheck paying me so that I can keep all my bills covered until I get better and rehabilitated to go back to work. Um, Same thing with critical illness. One in three Canadians are diagnosed with heart attack, cancer, or stroke. And that's a crazy statistic for me, right? And I'm just like, you know, I have critical illness for myself and my husband in case that any, either one of us gets sick so that our spouse can take time off work, take care of me (laughs) or me take care of him. And when we have kids that we can afford childcare and our spouse can keep working or whatever it is that we need, right? So like all those insurance things in place. And then I would go into the investment, like for retirement planning, uh, estate planning. So what happens after you pass away? How do you want things to flow from your estate? So I really am taking you from baby steps, budgeting all the way to the grave, basically, right? right? Yeah. And I know it sounds kind of a bit much for a 20 something year old who's listening. Uh, but honestly, like I often say to clients, the sooner we start, the better, right? Because we all, there's one thing that's inevitable in all of our lives mm-hmm. is that one day we're going to pass. <laughs> yep. And so, and so it's like, what is the point? What is our purpose of living? Why do we go to work? Why are we working for this paycheck? What is it paying for? So let me help you. If you don't want to be working that nine to five, just to pay the same bills every month until you're 65, then let's do something about that. Let's create a plan and get you closer to financial freedom and financial independence and retirement, whatever that looks like right. for you. Okay. And where can people find you? Um, I know you were mentioning that you have social media where you um, post some stuff. So um, is there social media that you want to plug in or website or anything like that? Sure. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, so I think across everything, I'm chat with Cat Lay. Okay. 
and so that's my Instagram and my Twitter. I don't tweet much, yeah. so don't expect anything <laughs> exciting there. Um, and then my Facebook page, if for anyone who is looking for a one-on-one who wants help or would like to just meet and talk, um, I'm happy to help out. And so my Facebook page is Catherine Lay Advising. You can find me there. You can see all the different services that I offer. And it's always a free initial consult. So any of the options that you choose is free to get started and meet with me and see if we're a good fit mm-hmm. uh, and see if you'd like to to work more on your financial plan. Cool. And um, is that online, like through Zoom or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, because of COVID, yeah. <laughs> everything is virtual. Yeah. So um, I do everything on Microsoft Teams. Okay. It's encrypted mm-hmm. and safe and um, protected. So we are doing everything that way now. Awesome. Yeah. The way of the world. Yeah, that's with COVID. <laughs> I know even me, like we're learning in physio school now, telehealth and doing physio over over the internet. How? So it's uh yeah, it's the new the new uh new normal. I See, guess. that is next level because <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do physio uh, over interesting it's been very interesting yeah like lean on the corner of the wall at this angle can you uh put your camera a little lower i can't quite see yeah it's uh (laughs) it's been very interesting for sure (laughs) you're doing your exercises right yeah yeah. (laughs) all right Catherine. thank you so much for being on the podcast today this was very informative because again i knew next to nothing. And I think I know a lot more now. So hopefully all of you out there uh, learned a few things here and there because it's an important thing to uh, know. And a lot of us just kind of don't and just kind of go with the flow, which sometimes works out for you, but a lot of the times it doesn't, especially in uh, this instance. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate you having me on. It was such a blast to talk. I love nerding out about this stuff. So um, we can do it again. And I just want to hear more about you and all that you're doing in Australia yeah. too. <laughs> all right, everyone. That is it for today's podcast. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you learned a little bit more about finances and about your money. Um, I know I learned and I took a lot from this episode, so I hope all of you did too. Um, Once again, it's something that you don't learn in high school, and I know there are a lot of younger people or a lot of people around my age listening to the podcast right now, and it's something that maybe some of you know and maybe some of you didn't learn anything new from this, but... I know I did because I am super bad with my money and I did not learn any of these things. Even in college, I took like one or two business courses and they were just general business courses about business, not about finances and that kind of stuff. So I've never really learned any of this. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, we actually didn't get to so much. So we didn't get through everything that Catherine wanted to chat about and things that we she mentioned um, kind of when we finished recording that I was like, oh, I so want to talk about this. Things like side hustles and things about how to get ahead. So that is to come. Um, we are planning to do that part two a little bit in the future, closer, um, maybe January, February. I'm not 100% sure when yet, but part two is to come. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you stay updated with all of that. And 
just like always if you can and if you are listening on apple Podcasts, please go ahead and click that five star button it is kind of if you scroll down to the bottom of the podcast page you can see those stars if you just click the five stars that is all i need it really helps out the podcaster really just helps it out by putting it in more visible places so that more people can see it and so that it can get out to more people. I am so happy and I'm so appreciative of all of you that have done so already. I am seeing more and more reviews pop up each week so thank you for that but if you are listening right now and you haven't done so please do it. It it really helps out. So thank you all for listening to this week's podcast and I will talk to you all next week.